Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. So I have three ideas, for, okay. if you recall. One right. of which is from the same show that Razor Ramon Shawn Michaels was on, WrestleMania 10. I think Next. I mentioned it. It opened with Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, which mm-hmm. is an amazing match. Yeah. Another's from WrestleMania 8, which I don't think we saw it, but it's Ric Flair and Macho Man for the title. And it's uh, kind of the one that I watched as a kid that kind of made me a fan. Okay. And then the other one that's most topical is WrestleMania 31, which is Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, their first main event. They're about to have their third, but this one's actually good. And there's a WrestleMania first and a big surprise. So hmm. two older ones and one newer one. Well, well, if you've the- got a- well, if I'm going to watch I'm gonna WrestleMania... Make, I'm going to make you pick. I'm going to make oh, you yeah, pick. Yeah. Well, so if you got to pick well, one. Well... <laughs> I kind of, if we're going to do WrestleMania, I kind of want to go in with like, I, I feel like it'll make it better for me just to go in just completely blind to the stories. Just so like, cause I feel like the more I'm going to read about these stories in WWE, the more I'm just going <laughs> to judge it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but I guess obviously their first match has nothing to do with what's going on right now. Um, I kind of yeah. want to do the macho man, Ric Flair, and just cause of how just fucking Silly. And it's just not Mania. long after this, so it's the WrestleMania after Royal Rumble '92. So that'll it'll kind of complete that arc, I guess, if you will. Let's do that. Let's do that. There like, you go. It's fun. Macho Man versus Ric Flair, WrestleMania Eight. Done. Uh, let's pull up detox. Yeah, I hit. Now you can hit stop. Ready? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to the Brainbuster Boys, episode 59. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Randa. Hi, uh, hey, yo, what up, dog? No, I man, just been enjoying this sunny but cool, um, like cool, like not like cool, like it was fun, but I did have fun this weekend, but it's cold, I guess. It is I mean cold, yesterday. yeah, it's it cold, and it, it's like it's 30s like sunny. yesterday, yeah, and it's like sunny out, and it's just kind of like, come on, man, you know, yeah, I, I went golfing, you. I went golfing on Monday, it was 72 and perfect, yeah, now it's, it was snowing yesterday, Mr. Perfect, but yeah, Mr. Perfect, uh. well, hey, number 59, I figured the last two we've talked about years, uh, my parents were both born in 1959, yeah. so hey. How about that? How, how, uh, actually, how about my mom that? just had her birthday last week. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Happy birthday to her. Congratulations. Yeah, Mr. You. Perfect. Yes. Congratulations to my mother. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Do you want to, do before we get into it, do you want to talk a little NCAA tournament here? I mean, it's been, yeah. uh, been pretty good and we haven't chatted too much about it. I mean, hell, Since, what about St. Peter's? Yeah, Fuck. that's been, that's been pretty <laughs> exciting to, uh, to watch, but also like kind of in a funny way, in like a, like it takes like the onus off of Kentucky a little bit the more they win. That yeah. like, like that loss like sting like has to hurts less. Oh God, it like you know the the sting lessens. 
You yeah, know, significantly like, less. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. St. Peter's continues to win because then Kentucky can be like, oh man, like we lost like the biggest Cinderella of all time. Yeah, they were actually good, but yeah. they are. They I are, mean, yeah. they just keep finding ways to win. They've never looked outmatched for one yeah. second. It's and, just amazing. And I mean, they're like a real like like they don't apparently don't spend a whole lot of money on basketball. Like like apparently their third assistant is like. You know, assistant coaches usually make six figures. Like he's making, you know, the same amount of money you would make in like a average, like just yeah. office job. You know, well, so. their their team like warmups just had the Adidas logo on it. Didn't even yeah. have their logo. Yeah. Like so, yeah, they clearly don't. And, and have you seen their money gym? To... Their gym, yeah. Well, the Run Baby Run Arena. The that's run, what baby, it's Run Arena. Yeah, which and is it, awesome. And it, and it doesn't have baseline seating. Like it's two walls, and then the yeah, it looks like a high school. school gym. Yeah, yeah, like it's about this, but, like same size as like Trimble County High School's gymnasium. Yeah, but gym. man, do those those dudes play hard? I mean, on defense too the, against Purdue, they were just smothering. They've got those twins that are from Mali, country yeah. in Africa, the Dramas. They're just so long. Yeah, they had the one dude that did the Shawn Michaels kick up when he was out of bounds. And yeah, he did yeah, the yeah. Up. Like that was so cool. Like uh, that was like something you don't really yeah. see. So they've got some flat, you know, kind of similar to the Florida Gulf Coast, like not the Dunk City thing, but they've yeah. got a lot of flair yeah. and they've it, been a ton of fun to watch. It, and it, like it, I'm and locked much, in. And much like the brain, and you know one similarity they have with the Brain Buster Boys? What's that? They have a white guy with a mustache. Oh, <laughs> Doug Eddard. Yeah, he's tight. <laughs> Who I heard, I think Lee told me he got signed by like Barstool, like signed him to an NIL deal. Like, you know, but Buffalo Wild Wings did too. Just yeah. crazy. Imagine this kid coming into the tournament is like the sixth or seventh man for St. Peter's College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's got deals with B dubs and Barstool Sports. Like, yeah. what a life changing endeavor. Oh, oh, completely. You know, and I think they play like 10 deep. Like, I think their first substitution against Purdue was like a five out. Full like, line change. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So um, apparently that coach, too, well, what's his name? Shaheen Holloway. Shaheen Holloway. And apparently he played at Seton Hall, and now there's an opening at Seton Hall. So that kind of yeah. like, you know. Well, Jeff Goodman had tweeted the other day, like, apparently Holloway to you or to Seton Hall was, like, almost already done before the tournament. And now yeah. I'm sure his price has certainly shot up a little bit. But. Yeah, and, and, like, well, like, if St. Peter's – I get him leaving when they go to the if they go to a final four because that's what happened with like George Mason, you know. That, yeah. Um, what's his name? Larry Larinaga. Larinaga. Yeah, went to who's yeah. playing for another final four today yeah, with Miami. Yeah. yeah, I think he left for my Miami shortly thereafter. Maybe, maybe I don't know if it was the year after, but like if you win a national title, you know, like Seton Hall's never won a national title. They made it to the title <laughs> game against Michigan, I believe, in 1989. Um, PJ Carlesimo. The oh wow yeah 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 he was was i remember him i don't think holloway was on that team but um i forget who seton hall's best player was on that team but i uh, saw holloway was in like a mcdonald's all the mcdonald's all-american class with like kobe and Mm -hmm. steven jackson so it was like 96 i think around there but yeah obviously he was a legit player there was some clip of Steven Jackson getting pissed off about Holloway winning the McDonald's All American MVP yeah. back then, like jokingly, but pretty cool. So, yeah, Steven it's been Jackson, a hell of a story. And, yeah, you know, we've talked with Louisville being so bad. Like, I've not been into college basketball at all, but 
I've watched a shitload of this tournament. Oh, and yeah. Thoroughly entertained outside from St. Peter's, but that's definitely what drove me in the most for sure. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely been a, a fun, you know, a lot of good game, not a lot of like blowouts. I mean, that Houston game, you know, was was a bit stinky yesterday. That was that, a stinker. Yeah. It's been, uh, been pretty exciting. Yeah. And I mean, Coach K making the final four in his final run. I mean, it only seems fitting. I, you know, I'm not a Coach K or a Duke hater, really. I don't like him, of course, but, you know, I'm not going to be, like, too upset if he wins, but I don't really want to say, like, he's made his final four. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Like, I think, like, this, regardless of whether Duke's final four game is against St. Peter's or UNC, it is going to be one of the most hyped-up college basketball games ever. You're right. Like, Absolutely. Ever. Like, you know, it may even overshadow the national championship just because like it would either be Duke and UNC for the first time in the NCAA tournament um, or Duke playing fucking St. Peter's, you know, yeah. like, 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 like it's going to be like the miracle on ice where everyone remembers the semifinal game, which was USA yeah. and SSR and not the who do they beat like Norway or. Yeah, something like that. Gold medal game, but uh, unless the championship game just turns out to be really good, yeah, yeah, because you know, like you said it off air before this, like as crazy as this tournament is, the final four could be Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Villanova, yeah, still some of the best programs over the last decade or two. Oh, oh, of all time, because uh, oh, yeah, uh, but you're right, because both Nova and Kansas have three titles, and Duke and UNC both have more. Yeah. Um, so, like, the least amount of titles anyone among that group will be will be three, which is pretty, yeah, you're right. Pretty crazy. So, no, definitely pulling for St. Peter's because I do think like hearing like the Duke UNC like like it's got like to me I think it's going to be insufferable and like I don't know I'm not very yeah. good at you know it should but, be a fun a fun game that and I mean the oh, fact yeah. that they've never played in the tournament period yeah. is pretty cool which we dealt with Louisville and UK you know what seven eight years ago whatever yeah. and then it happened two years in a row or two out of two out of four i guess two out of three whatever it yeah. was but and, and you know I, I would be a little bit more like receptive to it, but like i know like jim nance for example he's just going to be like like it's about to be master season and when it, like like his like adoration for the masters kind of just makes me a little <laughs> queasy sometimes God, like he, he just so uh, so adores like this golf course. Hello, friends. Let, yeah, yeah. That that didn't let black people in until the nineties. You know, like God, <laughs> you know, like beautiful he, day out here at Augusta National. Yeah, yeah friends. Yeah. That and like I think he's just if coach if, if like Duke. You know what? Like I I would like if Duke and UNC play in the Final Four. Like please, like someone like let Dick Vitale call that game. Like he would he will explode. <laughs> Like, like, and I, and I would love that. Like, like his enthusiasm, I would get it. Nance's would just be kind of, you know, like too saccharine or, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. I can, Nance's all right. Well, but. Bill Raftery's with him and Raftery's awesome. So. Oh yeah. 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 Who is the main, it's, it's him, Raftery. It's Nance, Mike. Raftery. And I think Grant Hill. Grant Hill. Yeah. And Not then Grant. we'll have my boy, Ian Eagle on the St. Peter's game today. Yeah. He's been oh, crushing really? it. Yeah, I wish yeah. he were, I wish he was their number one over Nance. I know. He's been I, killing it. Like I, all I, the games I've loved, he's called, which was all yeah. three St. Peter's plus the Murray State San Francisco game round one, which was great. Who's he done with Jim um, Spinarkle? Jim Spinarkle, yeah. Jim, he's damn Jim, solid. Who's Jim Spinarkle? <laughs> I don't know, but he's tight. Uh, he's been doing the games with Ian for years. Yeah. Well, you but know, yeah. Fox is gonna have to get new football guys because Buck and Aikman are on yeah. Monday Night Football, which I, which is going to be very weird. Yeah, and I like, I don't know. I honestly, I think 
in terms of like NFL, like commentators, I think, uh, uh, I, I don't know who I would take. Like Tony Romo's really good, but he's got Nance kind of bringing him down. I think yeah. Buck and Aikman kind of sound a lot alike. Like usually they, I've do. Heard, they do. And then um, I, I guess I have to go with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, though. I'm kind of like. Yeah, they're very solid. I mean, yeah, I'll yeah. pick Iron Eagle again. Oh, but... yeah, for sure. Yeah. like, like I, <laughs> I think he usually YouTube. does games with Charles Davis, who's pretty solid. Charles football. Yeah. You know, what else does he do? I guess it's just CBS stuff for him, you know. Ian and he does the Nets. He's the, the Nets. Nets TV guy, but he typically only does like weeknight games. Uh-huh. So when we were loving the Nets a few years ago before they got good, just having Ian was so awesome. I mean, right. he's the fucking man. But right. yeah, anything uh, else here to round out our intro here? Oh, I guess I got one thing. Uh, watched the New Japan Cup this morning well, with our buddy Azar. And if you haven't seen it and don't want any spoilers, tune away now. TikTok, TikTok, but Zack Sabre Jr. wins the New Japan Cup, which pleased me significantly over Tetsuya Naito. His, uh, he won it four years ago as well, uh-huh. and he will challenge Okada as he did four years ago, and I've just been loving the run that he's on. Like he, His first couple matches, he's a British guy. He's like, yeah, it's a piece of piss, mate. Piece, piece of piss. So we've been we've talked about who was it? Poured for their morgues or someone taking the piss out? You know, it's like no, very... it, it was CO Bibble Pal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just like we geeked out at the UK term taking the piss, like made us laugh a lot. So with Zack Sabre Jr. now calling these first matches, it's a piece of piss, mate. <laughs> like piece I just thought piss. it was piece of piss. Yeah. Piece and he piss. calls everyone darling. No. But yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. has been on a hell of a run. It was a great tournament overall. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to get that in there. So, so, so that's what that means. So winning the new Japan cup means you get a title shot. Correct. Okay. So the G one, which you're familiar, which we've talked about, which is the fall round Robin tournament, you get to challenge at wrestle kingdom. So the biggest show, this is just, it's the next show, but yeah, you get a title shot. It's just a single elimination tournament and it was a ton of fun. They had very few upsets this year, but a ton of great matches. So yeah, yeah it was awesome. But yeah. we're going to do it like last week. I, yeah, it's a classic episode this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But with that, we're going to change the formula like we did last week and kick it off with If You Recall. And as you heard in the cold open of this show, I let you pick. And boy, I'm so glad that you did pick uh, Macho Man Randy Savage challenging Nature Boy Ric Flair for the WWF title at WrestleMania 8. Because I wasn't thinking ahead of time that that basically kind of closes the arc from this Tuesday in Texas, T-Tit to Royal Rumble 92 to now, which all stuff we've talked about recently. Well, well, and, 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 and funny enough, like this was, I feel like this was presented to me, or at least I came into it thinking like, oh yeah, this is like the Ric Flair story, which Royal Rumble 92 is. But as, we, as we've as we've kind of like scoped out a little bit and saw the thing from the snake bite to T-Tit, to, to Royal Rumble 92 to this, you know, like this is the Macho Man story. This is the, this is the story is. Of, a, of, a, of a couple of trying months yes. in Macho Man's life. That ends in triumph. It ends in triumph, yeah. <laughs> some, ha- well, <laughs> some crazy triumph this will get to. <laughs> what ha- he gets bit by the snake. <laughs> and then his, his, yeah, his lady gets punched by jake the snake Roberts, yeah. and then he does he eliminates him he accidentally eliminates himself from the royal 
pull because he's so excited and undertaker has to pull him back in mm-hmm. and uh and, uh, the, and then this this which this, let's this, just this, set this. the scene a little bit of allegedly rick flair and mr perfect had uh I guess nude pictures, for lack of a better term. Maybe not nude, but sexy centerfold. They kept calling it the alleged centerfold, and there was the interview with Sean Mooney and Mr. Perfect before, which it looked like it was just like a big poster board. Like, it was a big piece of paper. (laughs) (laughs) Did they take it to, like, a FedEx, Kinkos, or whatever? Like, oh, it was probably Walmart at the time. That's where you used to go get film developed, and they just... It's a huge, and they're just geeking out about it. Obviously, not showing the audience, but like claiming they've got these sexy pics of Miss Elizabeth. And Flair goes, WrestleMania 8, Indianapolis, Indiana, bright lights, something about long limousines, women lined up around the block to get a shot with the champ. (laughs) Then says something about when you lose and you're looking up at the lights, you'll see perfect waving the centerfold. And then he's like, "And, and Elizabeth. You'll get one more shot at Space Mountain. And then they reference in the match about like him being her ex-boyfriend. It's something crazy. What's, but, Spa- yeah. what's Space Mountain exactly? Like, like uh, I know that's I, a ride at Disney. Is he referring to his dick? Like it's- Yeah, I think that means getting fucked by Rick Flair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, like, like, like and, and another thing I think worth bringing up is like, we talked about how, like, or I've talked a lot about how this product was geared towards kids. Like, this is a step away from that because, like, you know, oh, yeah, like the the threat of like nudity, you know, <laughs> appearing. Which, like, this is before, like, you know, I feel like before, like, the idea that wrestling is, you know, store like fake or you know, or it's like, you know, um, like kayfabe was broken. Like, I feel like that was yeah. maybe a lesser known fact, especially among kids. Like, I can't yeah. imagine, you know, p- parents just stop bringing their kids to this between Royal Rumble 92 and this. So it's yeah, like pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. So like that's Rick. Quickly, that's the Rick say, Flair effect for you, baby. Yeah. And, uh, um, so, yeah. Hoosier oh, Dome. go ahead. Yeah, the Hoosier here. Dome. Yes. Indianapolis, Indiana, which became the RCA Dome. And you mm-hmm. found a nice little tidbit about uh, yeah, this yeah. here. Yeah. A little little sidebar about the Hoosier Dome here. Um so number one, it was around, it was built in 1980. They broke ground in 1982. It was opened in 1984. It closed and was demolished in 2008. So it literally was around for 24 years and it cost not, money. yeah, not great staying power. Yeah. No, sorry. It cost 77, like, like what a waste of money. Like, 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 just like, like, usually I feel like arenas, like the Astrodome, didn't that shit last like 40 or 50 years? You know, yeah, I feel like, like 40 or so is a pretty good number. Yeah. And, and this was like right smack dab in the middle almost. Um, and, uh, you know, um, fittingly enough, uh, the, the largest crowd ever to attend an event at the Hoosier Dome was this crowd. 62,167 for WrestleMania 8. And you also attended your one and only NFL game uh, yes. at that building, correct? Yes, Peyton Manning is the Colts with Peyton Manning against the Dolphins, and this—I think the Dolphins had Ricky Williams. That's how long ago this was. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like probably four, like not probably like mid to like sometime around high school. High school, yeah, like yeah. you know, like like 15, 20 years ago. Only yeah. football game I've ever been to. I've or, or stepped, pro I, football. Yeah, I've been to some games at Lucas Oil. I set foot in the RCA Dome as a kid very briefly, but that was that. But 
We have Macho Man Randy Savage getting his triumph and defeating Ric Flair with Mr. Perfect in 18 minutes, five seconds. Before I ask you the classic, what do you think of this? I do want to get out there that as uh, Flair was making his entrance, Heenan's going nuts, just continuing like the brilliant commentary and bias from Royal Rumble 92. And they show some woman on the crowd and he goes, eat your heart out, toots. Woo! And then immediately references being fair to Flair again. And he does like 10 woos throughout the the, the match, which is a ton of fun. But yeah. you were dying at the post-match stuff, especially. You were losing your minds. Uh, what well, like, did you think of the match? Well, well, the, the, the whole time. The like, whole the, thing. The whole from, thing. Give, from, give it from to us. This, like, like, yeah. like, like, like this is like part of the reason why I, I'm so entertained by this era of wrestling is like, it's like not beneath like, Hobo, hobo, you know, like stuff like that. <laughs> Pretty like, surface level type oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, like Looney Tunes. Whenever someone does, like, oh, you know, like yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> and so, like, knowing that stuff is coming, like, it's just, it, it just kills me, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, it's it, it's very it's very dated, you know. It, yeah. it, 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 it's it's so 90s. Um, the Macho Man comes out in an outfit that looks like it's like a playing card. You know, it's like the same design that like a jack or a queen or a king would be in like a deck of cards. Um, yeah, like it's just um, you know, not I, I, nearly I, as bad as his outfit from T-Tit, though, which not, was the weird tablecloth with insane designs and colors. Yeah. But yeah, Macho Man known for wearing some gaudy, flashy attire. Yeah. And uh, no, and like actually the match I thought was, you know, pretty like. You know, like obviously, there's a lot of bad matches from this era, but this one seemed pretty. You know, I love this match. Yeah, yeah. yeah Very simple high. story. You know, obviously, Flair the heel was in control for the majority of it, but then Macho made his comeback. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. To no, you're we'll get there. So keep keep trudging along here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like definitely, I think the Macho Man like comes at him for you know in the beginning, and then Ric Flair just beats him up for the longest period of time until he gets bloody. Like and yes. then when he gets bloody, that's when the, the kind of the pace of the match sort of slows down and the extracurricular activity outside of the ring kind of starts cranking up, starts ramping up. Yeah, because Mr. Perfect gets involved. And then there's the whole part with the ref where he just tries to prevent the macho man from fighting him. And that goes on. for Yeah, like he's like bit. sandwiched in between the two oh, yeah. and, and macho is like ripping at his tie. Yeah, and, and that goes for like it goes on for like three or four minutes and then they all like fall over somehow. <laughs> Um, but then, I mean, what I was, I think, most entertained by was Miss Elizabeth comes marching out. Marching sudden, out in her beautiful purple dress. Yes. And all of a sudden, there's this swarm of men around her. Suits. All, Let's suits. call them suits. suits. Yeah. There's apparently the twin brother of the current referee. Dave Hebner. Yes. Uh, a, a middle-aged man, Shane McMahon. Young Shane McMahon. Young Shane McMahon. This really old guy with thick glasses. <laughs> Grandpa. Grandpa, yeah. And, and then there was um the guy, I don't think he came out initially with him, but he's wearing the headset with, that, yeah. with the long hair. And these guys are just like swarming around her like fucking bees. There's at least four, if not five or six. But and you're right. I, she comes down to ring. She's like shoving them off, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're about two-thirds of the way through it. And these guys, they kind of yeah. like, they're, at they're least. trying to convince her to go away, which like, like she, like she has more as much skin in this game as anybody, you know. Maybe but, the most, and literal, 
literal skin. Like a record-breaking crowd of 62,167 might see naked pictures of her. You know, literal like, skin. Literal skin, yeah. And uh, like well, the, well, and the guys like 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 some like Shane McMahon will walk away, then the old man will come and like tap her on the back of the arm. And it, it just stressed, like, in a good way. It just stressed yeah. me out so much. I was He's, like, like, at ringside, and you're right. Like, sometimes the guys would go out of frame, and then it's like, nope, here they all come back. Are, and yeah. She's just, like, constantly fighting them off. Yeah, it, 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 like, it just stressed me out. It was like somebody swatting. It, it was the feeling you get, like, if you're outside on a hot day and you're, like, sitting somewhere and there are flies. You know, that, that time that, at the end of the summer where flies are just everywhere. Yeah, and like it's just you know they're just bugging you. Like I, I had that exact same feeling watching that, and like you knew that she was going to be out there for it. Like she ought to be. Like the story, like you know, the, of course the she yeah. had to be. Yeah, and like they didn't leave the entire time, <laughs> and it was like, you know, like distracting. But I, but I was entertained, you know, by the distract. Because I think at this point the match, the uh, you know. Flair was bloody and things were kind of slow and, you know, yep. we, we just had our finishing moves to go. And this Macho was man had turned the momentum already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, and, and so uh, then I guess, you know, right after that, shortly after that, the match, you know, is over. Well, and... Flair, let's, let's take it back a bit because Flair starts like gawking at Elizabeth. Like he's in oh, the yeah. corner and he's like, that's for you, baby. As he's kicking Macho man, that's for you, baby. And yeah, pretty quickly there after yeah. that. Macho rolls him up, grabs the tights, very apparent, which is quote-unquote illegal, but gets the three count. Crowd explodes. Like, the crowd had been so hot for Macho. They yeah. love Miss Elizabeth, obviously. Um, and then apparently, I'll kind of let you take it away. Yeah, apparently, they don't want to see nudity. I'll let you kind of... Parents cheering that they don't have to, like, shield their kids away. You know. And then we get the post-match, uh, yeah. some of your fun <laughs> stuff here. Flair's just kind of yelling at her and yeah. just plants a big old kiss on oh, her yeah, right yeah. out of the blue. And, it, and, and it's, like, comically done. It's like, you know. Oh, yeah. It, it's like elementary school, you know, just like, you know. Grabs her face and just goes right in hard Yeah, for you, it. you can hear, like, the, you know, yeah. like kind of kissy-kissy sound. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and plants one on her, and she slaps <laughs> slaps the shit out of him, <laughs> and then Macho Man like attacks him and like falls on top of Flair, and, and then, then all the, all the suits. suits come back in, and they're all just, per- just swarming around again, doing different things. Like, Perfect, Mister Perfect's like chucking them around. Flair <laughs> throws one down. Eventually, Flair starts beating up Macho Man again. And then, yeah, somehow the suits get them out, and it's finally, finally, after several hard months for the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, goddamn, she's been through a lot, too. They can finally embrace and celebrate in the middle of the ring with his newly won World Wrestling Federation Championship. His second win, yeah, his yeah. first win coming at WrestleMania four. Um, But, yeah, what... <laughs> Finally exercising the demons, you know, yes. that, were put in, that were put into him by the fangs of that snake. You know? <laughs> like finally getting, finally able to move on with this life. Oh gosh! So I just want to run through. A, do you have? Sorry, did you have something else there? Uh, this is. I felt Go ahead. Like the suits like are another uh, another <laughs> indictment on Jack Tunney. Too like it just does sound like a, like a, one of those half measures he would t- you know Jack Tunney just sent him out sent him out like yeah just go over there and just bother people like, you know 
Elizabeth's out. Go get her. Go get her. Go get her. Tony sounds the alarm. No. Shane, get out there. <laughs> oh, man. So I told you a little bit before that this is was an important match for me as a kid. I, and I think I've mentioned it before, but it is when I just started watching wrestling. My brother and his friends rented WrestleMania 8 from Blockbuster. Uh-huh. And I mentioned to you earlier, there's a match between Bret Hart and Piper where there's blood. Uh-huh. And then this match has blood with Ric Flair's white hair, like dyed red. And then just the whole storyline around it and the chaos and the madness and the alleged centerfolds. Like, I'm nine years old and I'm with my brother and his friends who are like 12, 13. And my mind's just blown. You know, first off, it's like a treat for me to get to hang with the big kids, you know, but just get to watch this shit. And I'm like... This is awesome. This is better than WCW Saturday morning, which was usually what I could watch on non-cable television. But um, um, did, did uh, they did they like uh, your your brother and his older friends? Were they like, oh, we want to see the pictures of Miss Elizabeth? Like, was that ever like, or, or is probably. that like, or, or is that like neither here nor that? You know, like some sort of a honestly, probably neither here nor there. Everyone yeah. just bought into the story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then they would they would love to do moves to me, so I'm sure I took a figure four, a few elbow drops during this one for sure. But um, yeah, just some great, uh, more great commentary from Heenan. Just he's got to concentrate on the title. And so many times like, get up, Rick. Come on, Rick. Get up. Get up. Just <laughs> insane. He says an 80 year old woman could have counted faster than Hebner at one point. Um, he, he asks Monsoon, he's like, give me one. Woo. Spit out that banana and give me one. Just classic shit. At some point he needed a water. Um, but yeah, you know, the, we, we kind of went through all the important stuff, but like I said, it's just a very simple story. Good versus bad. The bad just happens to be Ric Flair t- dialed up to 11 with the alleged center folds. And they, just the execution, like you said. So the match started, the Macho Man attacked Flair on the ramp yeah. immediately. He was getting some licks in, but yeah. then Perfect pulled him off. And like you said, then Flair was on offense for probably like 10 minutes straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the tide finally turned. There were some big backdrops in this match that looked great. Um, <laughs> Flair suplexed him, quote-unquote, on the concrete, a.k.a. the big blue mat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, once he got him bloodied, he started doing the double axe sandals, which he hit the, the guardrail, threw him into the steps, threw him into the post. That's what got him bloody. And then, yeah, from there, the chaos ensues, like we talked about. And uh, yeah, we didn't watch it, but there's a promo after where Heenan and basically Heenan is spouting off about he grabbed the tights, he grabbed the tights and all this shit. But yeah, uh, but, um, yeah also, just a classic. Also a triumph for Miss Elizabeth, too. Like she's, you know, like, like went from being just manhandled by Jake the snake, Yep. you know? So like, Absolutely. you know, a, a, a good send off for uh, our friends, Randy and Elizabeth. No doubt. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to him. You got that right. Well, Beaumont, as we talked about earlier, and as you know, March Madness is here. And as you know, oh, go ahead. it's literally going on right now. Miami right is now. Miami is beating Kansas 35 to 29 at half. There you go. And not everyone can have a perfect bracket, especially this year, but you certainly can have the perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsors of our show, Manscaped. As you know, they are the leaders in below the waist grooming, and they have just launched their ultra premium collection. 
to give you the total championship hygiene routine. <laughs> and I know you've been sweating out the game's body, so make sure you oh, lather yeah. up head to toe with this all-in-one skin and hair kit to have your body and your balls smelling Final Four Fresh, which is next week. So you, listener, can join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code BBB for 20% off and free shipping. This, like the St. Peter's Peacocks, is a Cinderella story you're not going to want to miss. So, buddy, what do we got in the Ultra Premium Collection? Because I know... You have been using them this week, yes, so tell and, us about it. And, and a lot of these products I've been using this week aren't uh, are not ball centric. Your balls, which is located beneath your Saint Peter, this is kind of more stuff for for, for, for the rest of for the rest of your body. Um, you know, uh, the, their body wash um, and their hair and shampoo have given me. A very nice, uh, fresh smell. You know, I'm a you know big long hair person, so like yeah, your hair hair looks great right now. I know the listeners can't see it, but yeah, yeah, you know, and I like to have a very feathered texture to it, and 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 not only does their shampoo and conditioner enable me to do that, um, you know, it leaves my hair smelling great along with the body wash. Um, and it's a two-in-one, right? It's shampoo, conditioner, conditioner, two-in-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it saves room in the bathroom. You're not you don't have all these bottles, you know, just everywhere. And um, you know, save space. Uh, and what it else? smells great, like all their products. Yes, it does. Um, the the, uh, the the body spray, you know, which I've been getting into a little bit, spray on hydration. You know, kind oh, of a yeah. unique product that I've never really used. But again, you know, just sort of like a good sort of like lotiony feel, but without the you know oiliness of it. Like is that the is that the hydrating body moisturizer? Yes, the hi- the hydrating body spray. You know, which oh, is, okay. which, which, which which it is moisturizing. Um, there but yeah, yeah, hydra- yeah. Um, and I know yeah. you've been using that deodorant for a while now. Yeah, yeah, for my for my uh, stanky armpits, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it, it, it's been working out really well. You know, I, yeah. I like keeping it's in a cylinder, which is fun. You yeah, know? like 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 cylindrical, um, you know, deodorant's really fun. It's really easy for it to kind of, you know, for you to get it to pop in and out. You know, um, like you know, it, it doesn't like get stuck oh, yeah. on anything. You know, it Hell doesn't yeah. fall out, doesn't get cakey. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all been good stuff. I'm well, been- I've been a bad boy and didn't fill out my form so they could send me these products, but I know you've been using them and loving them, and I'm going too soon, but why don't you tell them one more time how they can take advantage of this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with code BBB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BBB. Make sure you call on Manscaped this tournament season or your bracket won't be the only thing that's busted. And as you know, your balls and body and head will think. Yeah, take care of your bill self. (laughs) All Elite Wrestling Dynamite from Wednesday, March 23rd, Cedar Park, Texas, a.k.a. Austin, the HEB Center, the HEB Center, as we like to call it here. Um, pretty good show. God, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I say that, is, is that where University of Texas plays basketball? No, no, I don't think it's where they play basketball. UT is like right in the heart of Austin. Deep, um, deep, deep in the heart of Texas. So I think this is like the suburbs, but... Uh, 
Yeah, I was just going to say, great, good, not great show. Good, not great. I guess we'll kind of do our standard. Let's just run through it all uh, beginning to end. I know the last couple of weeks we've kind of started with kind of the big stuff and jumped around, but with this being a classic BBB episode, well, I guess it's not too classic if we did the, uh, if you recall first, but man, that just had to happen. And we watched it like right before this too. Maybe this is our new classic, like, you know, like when Coca-Cola started putting classic on there enjoy Um, enjoy coke but uh um you know like you said like good not great show like very like i think it's because of the card like you know as sort of the card was sort of materializing like the thing i was like oh i'm most excited for mjf to talk you know it's one of those episodes of dynamite yeah and the first match to me was by far the best match i agree go ahead oh yeah i was gonna say you know this is uh CM Punk, you know, I thought this was going to be like, oh, here's another match that I know CM Punk's going to win, you know, and everybody loves CM Punk. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of a little tired of that. But like, and especially him going up against, you know, what it was, that's Cash Harwood. Okay. Dax okay. Harwood, I, I, yeah. I, get, I get them mixed up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, especially going up against Harwood, who's a tag team guy, you know, I'm like, um, you know, but like, Harwood's awesome. Oh, yeah. So I think this is his third or fourth singles match, and he's always impressed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. CM Punk gets the win over Dax in 1251. Uh, But I call this match the Bret Hart appreciation match because both guys are big fans of Bret Hart, especially Dax. Like, I follow that guy on social, and he's just always posted shit about the hitman. Even this week, Bailey from WWE, I guess, had texted him, like, what are some great Bret Hart matches where he works body parts? And she said he responded in like six seconds with like 10 matches. So, and he did a lot of different Bret Hart spots in this match, kind of the backbreaker, a few other things. Um, but yeah, they, the well, the sharpshooter, of course, at the very end, like that was the moment when he got him in the sharpshooter that even I'm like, you know, CM Punk is going to win, but it's like they gave you that seed of doubt when he had yeah. him in the sharpshooter because he had it locked in pretty good. Oh, oh, yeah. And they, you know, like a lot, a lot more throughout too. kind of as the match began to sort of wear on, you know, this was not like one of those, like, I like, I guess sort of the matches that have left their mark most on me are sort of like your real fast zippy AEW matches. Like you're very like agile, like bouncy, high jump, you know. And mm-hmm. this was kind of a lot more like on the ground and old school, uh, old grounded, old, yes, old school. And uh, and you know, I like. I mean, both of those guys are really, really good at that. And uh, yeah, you know, it never stopped being compelling for me. Yeah, I went four and a quarter stars on it. I loved it. We also had um Dax catches him and does the slingshot power bomb which was awesome he like caught him bounced him off the ropes and power bombed him in I think that was right before the sharpshooter yeah which punk you like I said had to fight out of was in it for you know I feel like 30 seconds plus um eventually he slaps on the anaconda vice which he tried to get in earlier and Dax ends up tapping out but yeah very competitive great old school grounded type match um punk did like the belt thing that like Aaron Rodgers would sometimes do, but the, the, the wrestlers the, the, do the, the, the discount double the check. discount double check. Which it's so cool. that's kind of yeah. the first time he's really made a big motion of wanting a title. I think he's talked about it a little bit, but not much. And I think we mentioned in the fallout of Revolution, like maybe CM Punk is the next challenger at pay per view, and we'll kind of get into Hangman and Cole here shortly, but. 
Yeah, interesting stuff here as we're, uh, like I said, not quite on the road to double or nothing, but the pre-road, um, yeah. you know, kind of maybe planting some seeds for that. The side roads. We're in the, we're in the subdivision to double yeah. or nothing. Yeah, the, you know. <laughs> we're in the Rome, Georgia of double or nothing. Exactly. The Rome to your Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and also, FT, they, meant, they showed the ass boys a few times, Houston and Colton Gunn. Now affectionately going as the ass boys. Well, not not their not their choice. Yeah, it became like a big internet thing, and then they yeah. hate it, obviously, and it's just become a thing, which the I'm down boys. It's a great name. <laughs> Billy Gunn was badass Billy Gunn oh, yeah, and Mr. I know, I know. Ass. So yeah, 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 yeah. The, the ass boys. Um, so they showed them during the match, which I was happy to have them back out because it reminded me of like early pandemic days when those guys were like the key cheerleaders in the front of the crowd. Uh, but obviously they're heels now. And um, there was some sort of, they like stared them down at the end and we get a promo later that that match is going to happen next week. FTR versus ass boys. So interesting <laughs> stuff there. And well, we'll wait till we get to the promo. I have some things. Well, fuck it. Let's just say it now. I feel like FTR is maybe going to be turning face. soon. what do you think? Oh, uh- yeah, I mean, it I guess it kind of I, I, felt like it, like, well, it's kind of felt like it a little bit, like the pinnacle, even though MGF said it's still a thing, doesn't feel like a thing anymore. Um, he kind of had the mutual respect with CM Punk at the end. The fact that the ass boys are heels, they fired Tully Blanchard. It just seems as if they're trending face, which well, I don't know if I've ever really seen them face even in WWE, but well, they're gonna have, I guess they're going to have to quit the pinnacle first. You know, that's got to happen. Yes. You know, like that That would be like the official stamp, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, if things start, well, if things start moving in that direction, maybe, but MJF is pretty tied up with this Wardlow story. So I feel like maybe that would be a bit of a distraction for that. But if the pinnacle kind of all falls apart and it's just him and Sean Spears just doing shit. Yeah, I I guess like that could be an angle. You could go at it and have like the whole thing blow up on him, which would be good. Because like, I think like an alienated, like alone MJF, uh, is yeah. kind of where you want this character to be, um, you know, right, right now. I think, you know, kind of with the group, you know, and I kind of, there hasn't really been much to do with that group since they stopped feuding with the inner circle. For so sure. it's like, there's really no other like stable for them to go against that would create a very good, compelling, and, like stable V stable storyline. Yeah. I think. And they haven't really been together on screen much lately. Like when's the last time we've seen FTR with MJF? It feels like it's been forever. Man, this is, th- this episode was a big, when's the last time you'd see, episode because like like butcher and the blade like i feel like you know people like them dark order they've been the casualties to this you know growing inflating roster you know like you just i, I just can't like i remember i just saw the butcher and the blade and i'm just like you know like they came yeah. like i like, don't see those guys on tv very often varsity well not in matches they've been like part of you know with andrade and matt hardy's crew but yeah, yeah, yeah matches yeah. the butcher wrestled darby on rampage last yeah. week which was actually a pretty good match but yeah you're right. We haven't been seeing a ton of them in the ring lately, but no. hey. Yeah, and I mean, um, this episode at least got a few of them in because, like, Varsity Blondes, you know, yeah. we're, we're in this week, and then Dark Order, obviously. So. In the main event. Dark yes. Order in the main event. Yep. So, And then we got a quick promo from Jazz um, with they do kind of what the, uh, the CM Punk MJF thing, they had the picture of John Silver as a kid with Jericho, which was pretty funny. Silver... 
Like, didn't look anything like he does now. Yeah. Um, sure, he probably had hair, you know. Yeah, he had hair and not yeah. a beard, obviously. So what am I expecting 10-year-old John Silver yeah. to look like? But yeah. I just thought it was really funny. Uh, I thought Matt Menard, the former Matt Lee, his facial expressions, like, I, Lee watched some of this with me, and he's like, I'm just watching that guy because he was just, like, doing, you know, wide-eyed, just didn't yeah. say a word. Like, that's why I love those so, guys so, so much. So, so which one? It was he the one wearing the white or is he the one with the mustache? Correct. He's the one with the, the white on the left. Okay. Matt Menard, he was Matt Lee. And okay. then Angelo Parker, who was Jeff Parker, he's, like, the taller one. Okay, okay. But, yeah, just classic and, facials. And, and, and another thing here, too, and I think this, like, might be a storytelling thing, Um you know, if not just a humor thing. So Hager's like looming there in the background, like, yep. like the, the main, like Garcia, those two, and then Jericho up front. And you could, you just see like Hager's like sort of narrow head, just yep. like there in the background. Yep. I think, I think, I mean, it, that looked hilarious to me, A, um, but B, like, you know, maybe that sort of means like as, you know, a former inner circle member, you know, he may be getting edged out of this whole thing. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you know, that what, what, why was he in the back? You know, like he was just kind of like, you know, definitely. I guess I kind of see him as like the bodyguard role, you know, yeah, and yeah. he doesn't need to be front and center, but I hadn't thought of it that way. That is interesting. Yeah, but I yeah. feel like he's not going to turn, you know, I feel like he's kind of entrenched in this. Entrenched group, with but, the, but we'll, you know, I, we'll I, see. I could see them like kind of exercise, like all of the inner circle members, you know, all of the old inner circle members, you know, or like the new members sort of turning on him. You know, like maybe yeah. like trying to get closer to Jericho. I don't know. Like that just seemed like, you know, very, uh, you know, noteworthy positioning to me. Yeah. But, but 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 it could have just been funny because he like said something really like blockheady yeah. at the very end. <laughs> Championships. Yeah. I forget, <laughs> like, what, I forget what it was. You know, they always like that. Yeah. So. um. So, yeah, no, that was a good promo, man. Yeah, yeah, and Garcia doing his sports entertainer. Like, again, this is the perfect switch for him. I'm a sports entertainer who beats up pro wrestlers. I, love I, I, I also love the beats up pro wrestlers thing, because yeah. isn't that what everybody does? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's beating They're, up pro wrestlers. Yes, that's, that's what this that's is. The, that's the object of this, right? It's a pro wrestling show. It's a pro wrestling company. You're absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> Well, this next match certainly wasn't a pro wrestling match and definitely a sports entertainment match in which Darby Allen, Sting, and the Hardy Boys defeat, I guess it's just called the Andrade Family Office right now, comprised of the Butcher and the Blade and Private Party in 9 minutes, 27 seconds in an eight-man Tornado tag match, which Tornado, really all that means is you don't need to be making tags and that everyone's in the ring, but Micah... We were watching New Japan Cup with him yesterday. He made the point. He's like, in AEW, does Tornado Tag just mean no rules? Because this yeah. flat out was just like a no disqualification. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, for it being so quick, like Sting and Darby kind of like were sort of out of the picture. It was definitely more of a vehicle for the Hardys, I mm-hmm. thought, um, for Jeff and Matt. And um, so um, right after we get out of the, the picture in picture, um, one hilarious thing I saw is we go outside. And uh, Austin's like right in the middle of Texas, right? Like, like dead. Like, if there was a yeah, th- Texas, yeah, I think it's pretty close to the middle. Well, 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 they go out into the concourse and there are windows and it's broad daylight, which was just so yeah. weird to me. Because yeah. like, you know, not just it was so that, bright. It was so bright. It wasn't like yeah. you know, black is like a very predominant color of like wrestling production, whether it be what characters are wearing, just the dimness of the arena, like the logos, like like black is like the dominant color. So to go mm-hmm. from like that darkly, you know, that dark arena to like, you know, 
Yeah. And it's just like pretty jarring. Yeah. Because dynamite always begins when at uh, eight, eight, and, PM, uh, eight, 8 PM Eastern and, time, 8 PM Eastern time. And so like, yeah, this would have been probably seven 30 ish central time. Right. So it makes sense. But yeah, like, like at least where we live, like, you know, unless it's the dead of summer, you know, it's usually night by 8 PM. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, I thought that was just pretty jarring and man, like Jeff, Hart, like, you know, obviously that final spot, where Jeff Hardy climbs up the ladder and then he stands on like a crossbar on, or something on yeah. the ledge. Yeah. On the ledge. Yeah. And then man, like that's a pretty, uh, pretty high jump. I mean that ladder. The... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I said, I, I, we've seen tons of people go off of ladders, but that seemed like a lot higher than I've seen anyone like jump from, you know, in a yeah, while. that's yeah. a classic Jeff Hardy spot of the swanton off the big ladder through the tables. I mean, shit, he's done that so many times over the years. But yeah, he had to had to get one in an AEW. And yeah, for what this match was, it was a ton of fun. It was a car crash. It was a shit show. Yeah, um, yeah there wasn't a single rule. Yeah. And you got to see Jeff do that. You got to see private party put Matt through a table. Uh-huh. Um off the stage uh we we got to see darby get thrown down some steps again if you remember but not nearly as bad as it was when ethan page and scorpios like this time he like butcher kind of just tossed him and he rolled down yeah but when scorpio and ethan did it several months ago remember they like chucked him down like six steps before he even hit anything so just thought that was pretty funny um but yeah, I mean, you hit on the main thing, obviously, you know, a concourse battle is always a ton of fun. Um, people I've seen people complaining about the boxes under the table because after the table broke, you could see like cardboard boxes. Oh, yeah. It was a specific company for T-shirts. Yeah, dude. like Gildan or whatever. Like I've Gildan, seen that. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, no, it was one hour tease, wasn't one it? Hour it was like yeah, wrestling was. Te- yeah, yeah, it was. It was. So they, so they got they got a nice little free advertisement nice spot. Nice plug. Yeah, yeah. Nice plug. But yeah, um, uh, but yeah and it was like even along with the Hardys, this was like a, a big old guy showcase because I think Sting was involved in the final pin. You know. Yeah. So oh, like, and they had that botch at the end too, where Sting tried to like catch Isaiah Cassidy and do the Scorpion Death Drop, but he like fell yeah. and then kind of like awkwardly got up and that like. And co- commentary all- like smoothed that over too. Commentary, yeah. I thought it was kind of botched. They're like, "No, Sting did the, this it, thing that he was playing." It to definitely do. was. And again, yeah. for as great as Sting has been, this is like maybe the one true botch I can think of. So mm-hmm. he continues to impress. I mean, yeah, this was a bit of a mess up, but it, you know, he's a sixty-three year. But he yeah. flew off the ropes again in the beginning. So yeah, fun stuff indeed. Um, then yeah, there, we had FTR. I just have FTR coming for the ass boys next week. We already kind of went through that. Um, and then yes, we have your good friend, Michael Adams, AKA William Regal coming out on commentary, which is always a delight mm-hmm. calling Excalibur, the man in the mask, which was yep. funny as he is out there as my internet is struggling. Okay. He's out there as Brian Danielson and John Moxley defeat the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison with, I was going to say, eye patch Julia Hart in six minutes, four seconds. Let's talk about that first. Yes, please. Because like, uh, like whenever they did the ad for it, too, and you just see her in the eye patch, I'm just like, (laughs) like eye patches are just funny. When they showed her like multiple times, like sitting on the steps back, back to the ring. So this is, this stems back. I can't remember if you saw this or not, but it was 
a month or so ago, if not more, Malachi Black spit the black mist in her face. Yeah. So, like, she's still been dealing with that. And, like, people think, and I think she might end up joining the House of Black eventually, yeah. that he's, like, got this power over her. Yeah. And the fact that they keep showing this, like, something's going to happen with it. It's yeah. like, they're not just going to go away from it. But, yeah. But it was really um, funny. She was just sitting there all solid yeah, the whole Like, time. hunched over and like, scared. Like, 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 pouting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she just didn't want to be there. And, and, and the eye patch is because it's just like because she could wear like sunglasses and it would like you know accomplish the same thing, you know. Yeah. And like that would be a cooler look, but like obviously the cheerleading outfit with like the pirate eye patch is just fucking silly. silly. Yeah. Um. So I called this one the Cincinnati Skyline Chili Invitational since we had Mox and Pillman both yes. there, and the last time we saw them was oh, off yeah. air singing the Skyline Chili theme that theme song. From when we saw them here, uh, basic match, you know, obviously uh, the we'll learn the name here after the match, but Mox and Danielson are going to win. They're going to keep getting these W's. I love seeing them together still. Um, you know, it'll be fun to see them get a real challenger. Um, but, you know, Varsity Blondes got minimal offense and they yeah. got a little bit, but ended up with there was a cool spot where um Moxley caught Pillman in the paradigm shift, and then he was elbowing Griff as uh, Danielson was stomping on Pillman, and then they both laid in submissions at the very end. But um, yeah, anything else for the match from you before uh, we get to the promo? No, not not particularly. You know, like I said, it was you know, I guess good to see the varsity bonds back in, but yeah, I guess they seem like they're more of a dark and elevation act these days. Yeah, yeah, I'm. It'll be interesting. I mean, there's just so many tag teams. Well, well right that now. like it, it would help them to get aligned with like somebody big with a group, you know, to be a part of yeah. some sort of group, you know. Because I assume sure. like like their faces, right? You yeah. know, like maybe they could be fun as like sort of a, a heel group, maybe you know, or maybe they're all like pawns in the House of Black or something like yeah. that. Oh you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. the guys join too, and they're like worshippers of some degree. I don't like, know. Like, I, if, I love if, what's if, going if, on if with that. It becomes group. like a cult, you know. Yeah, like, a like, like bit. where it's like almost there's like magic in it, you know. <laughs> there's like a whole magical aspect to it. Yeah. That's fun. There's nothing like yeah. that. Um, else going on so that's cool I'm down for that for sure so then Moxley gets the mic after and cuts a promo talking about how he only cared about one man's opinion that being Lord William Regal and the seal of approval from Regal is a badge of honor that he earned just like his friend the perfect wrestler the American Dragon Brian Danielson they were forged in combat and then he says, if you want to stand across from us, you better step up or get stepped on. They've used that line before. And then we get the name of the faction here. As he says, if you want a badge of honor from the Blackpool Combat Club, then you have to earn it. So little Blackpool, England is where William Regal's flump from. Sure. Um, um, I kind of like the name, the Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, they're, they're tough guys. They're going to beat the shit out of you. Well, it, um, it, it, it... It's like I like the name because it's like like it's official and it's not like you know like some sort of like I'm trying to be super badass name, yeah, you know, like some super edgy kind of bullshit. Like it's you know pretty standard. It also sounds like the name of a gym, you know, that yeah. you would go to. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I would say I, I definitely like it more than that. We could call them the the email, the blind carbon copy, the, the BCC. Blind, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, good stuff there. And I thought there would be some follow up with Wheeler Yuta here, but that comes later on in a backstage promo with the best friends. So we get your favorite 
MJF coming out to the ring. And you got to love just the line of security guards just standing outside the ring. Just outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do do, do you want to say something about this before uh, I go into it? Because I know he's your guy and there's yeah. a lot that happened here. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, uh, let, 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 let's let's just go into it because one of my favorite parts kind of comes in two thirds. <laughs> so I don't feel like going too far into it and okay. going back. It, so starting it starting with the shut the fuck up chance, which is always fun. <clears throat> he mentions how he would have let Wardlow keep the TNT title, but he couldn't beat Scorpio Sky. Then he moves to talk about CM Punk briefly, which I liked because he hasn't really addressed that yet, and he did. He basically just said. You know, I'm going to have another match with him, and it'll be the most embarrassing loss of his career, and it won't be over until he attends Punk's funeral and pisses on his grave. So I liked that because he can kind of put that to bed for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> he calls the fans inbred. Yeah. He calls Wardlow a pig because he's okay. a greedy little pig. Is that it? Which is about, yeah, pig. Like, <laughs> Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be mad. Like, if this, if, if this pig thing is obviously going to continue, like if it doesn't involve like either him having like a have like have like like MJF putting like a pig nose and a and a tail on him, or hog tying him, or like making him roll around in the mud, or like bringing in actual pigs, like 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 it's it has to involve one of those. Like please. Oh, that just sounds very WWE, but you might because they did a story. <laughs> I think WWE. it was I think it was with Mickey James who we saw at the Impact show where like they were calling her like fat and piggy and they did like these heel women did put pig noses on themselves and like even came out dressed up as pigs. So that's why I mentioned it. Cause I mean, this was 12 years ago, but yeah. like, I still just remember it. So but why, but, 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 like, what, I don't know why, like, like Wardlow doesn't remind me of a pig at all. I know. What did he like a greedy little piece? Of, he's a pig. Cause he's a greedy little pig. It's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, I hope that's not something that's focused on throughout this. Yeah. yeah, but... yeah. Well, it was like Jericho called, and what was it 2.0 pinheads yeah you know, blockhead and pinhead. yeah and now there's buddies there's work there's appreciators man now. Like, like that was like almost a low point for jericho and like that should get <laughs> yeah. turned around quick yeah at least real. at least in aew yeah so. absolutely um and then he says people wouldn't know who wardlow was if it wasn't for mjf now he's got a beautiful roof over his and his mother's head so this, this is the called- first time his mother's been brought up well, War- I buy MJF, yes. Wardlow yeah. in the promo two weeks ago just mentioned about how he struggled growing up and had, a, you know, a rough childhood. And then he's happy that he can, you know, support his families. But, like, that MJF has brought it up, yes. Okay. So, and I'm sure, as we've seen MJF talk about family members in the past, I'm sure she may continue to come up at oh, some yeah. point. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. This. You know, especially he's probably like- going to. Like that's just all part of the face turn, just another like angle for sympathy, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then he says, Warlow cost me the biggest match of my life and had the audacity to ask to be released. He signed a deal with the devil, and the devil's deals are ironclad, which I loved only because of WWE a long time ago. There was this whole thing your boy the big show was doing about having an ironclad contract, and they just kept using the term ironclad. Ironclad. Yeah. But uh, like, like then, wouldn't it be funny if his contract was like in like a big binder of iron? <laughs> or like weren't those ships in the Civil War the ironclads? Like the ones I, that like yes, I think you're right. Because were they like some marines or they were like just super heavy, you know, yeah. somehow floated. <laughs> Like just some weird, you know, thing. 
But anyway, yeah. Yeah, and eventually Wardlow shows up and starts pushing the security guards. And then MJS, he's like, you're trust because he's technically not supposed to be there. He's like, you're trespassing like the marks that jumped the barricade. And then he says he's going to pay him to stay home, which I, I don't know if it was a shot at WWE, but they've done that before. they like, you know, kind of have guys just not like Brody Lee had happened with him before he got expired. Like they just he wasn't being used, but he was still getting paid. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, and then he says, I'll pay him to stay home. So people forget you never exist and you're an absolute nobody. Then Wardlow ends up going back. And this is when MJF says the pinnacle is not over. And he references FTR in action next week. So maybe we will, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and FTR is not turning face, but it seems like some seeds are being planted. And like you said earlier, like it would make sense to kind of have MJF more lonely. Like maybe he still has spears, but kind of loses some other people that were with him. Yeah. I think like, you know, he's got a like a low point to reach, you know, before he like, it's sort of like hangman, you know, but it's sort of the dark mirror of that, you know, he needs to be like, you know, slowly alienated until he's on, until he's by himself. And then, we can begin the ascent, but the descent is we're, you know, definitely still midst. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then we get our promo with the best friends and Tony Schiavone, where Trent says he didn't like Wheeler Yuta to begin with, but since his buddies trained him and let them sleep on his couch, that he, you know, give him a chance. And shit, I just lost my thing. But uh, then Wheeler basically says he didn't like him either, and he's not trying to be the best friend he can be, but the rest, best wrestler he can be, and you either get that or you don't. Ooh, I get so it, is I this, think. Is this queuing up him? I mean, I presume he'll probably be the first recruit to join the Blackpool Combat Club just based on what happened last week and based on this interaction. Yeah, what do you think I mean, about that? I mean, m- most certainly. I mean, like he doesn't really have very much to do with the best friends, you know, that's a fun group, but still a very stagnant group. You know, orange had his moment. What, what, what was the triple threat match that was uh, with pack last year's double or nothing. And then he beat Cole this year, which was big for him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So, you know, like, you know, like I think, you know, if you want to do something with him, it's not going to be with the best friends. That's kind of a, you know, a pretty, you know, constantly like a B tier sort of stable. So, yeah, and I'm ready to see Wheeler Yuta featured more because I yeah. feel like I'm a broken record. But every time I see him, like him and Daniel, him, him and Daniel Garcia, you know, especially with like this roster expansion, you know, like those guys have like, you know, those guys are kind of the next wave behind yeah. the pillars. Also, like a Lee Moriarty kind of in that group. But yeah, yeah, I dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, yep. and then. We have, I'm going to call this the Diesel Invitational, in which yeah. Adam Cole defeats, excuse me, Jay Lethal in 10 minutes, four seconds, just because these two, a lot of history in Ring of Honor. I know Diesel had told us when we were in Milwaukee that one of his favorite matches was a Jay Lethal versus Adam Cole match for the Ring of Honor title back in like 2015 or 16. Um, So for this to happen just randomly on a dynamite, you know, there's a lot of history with this matchup. You know, they certainly didn't play it all up, but uh, for a 10 minute TV match in the middle of the show, I thought this was very enjoyable. Oh yeah. No, I thought this was, this was a, you know, like definitely number two match of the night, I think. Agreed. Um, you know, like I didn't really know too much about Jay Lethal, but, you know, Cole always, you know, you know, can um, bring in a good match. And uh, I, what wasn't Red Dragon 
Um, they got involved. Yeah, they, they ended involved. up distracting him down the stretch, and Cole mm-hmm. got the low blow, and yeah, that was that. But yeah, Lethal unfortunately hasn't been on TV too much, and I know a couple of that might have been his first Dynamite match. I know he's had a couple with Rampage, one with Ricky Starks about a month ago that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lethal is one of those guys that a lot of people have complained about online with the bloated roster that he's not getting the time he deserves. Yeah. But I think, like, when Ring of Honor becomes a thing, he may go back there because he was there for so long. I don't yeah. know. But, again, just a fun, solid match with a lot of good counters, some good near falls. We got the nice counter cutter by Lethal and then the counter by Cole as he went for the Lethal ejection and hit him with the super kick. Uh, but, yeah, just a very quality 10-minute match. And then mm-hmm. after the – oh, and he kicked out of the Panama Sunrise. Yeah, yeah, he did. No, no, no it, t- it took the boom, right? Yeah, like, yeah after yeah, the yeah. low blow. And, yeah, yeah. so because he's won some matches with that, so that was yeah. something, and he reacted to it appropriately. But, but. Which one thing I've noticed about these low blows, because there's a lot of them, it's a kind of a funny hook because it's, like, obviously not <laughs> yeah. like, 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 like real direct contact. You know, yeah. but uh, they always like hook it around their crotch like that. Like yeah. it's, a cr- it's a crotch uppercut, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah I, I, I just kind of love how that's sort of choreographed there. Big hook. Up. Yeah. yeah big You're hook. absolutely right. So then we get the follow up here where last week he kind of was planting seeds of like, Hey, hangman, you beat me in a fluke. I want another shot. So he says no one on the planet deserves the AEW title more than him. And that when he pinned Jungle Boy last week and stared in Hangman's eyes, he saw fear because he knows that he's going to be the man to take the title off him. And that Hangman doesn't have the guts to face them in the ring. And what do you know, Hangman Adam? I love he's got that signature just stomp. When he comes out, he's just like fucking clomping around with the belt in his hand. Yeah, that's why that's swagger. And I've noticed, uh, I think that, like, I feel like this has been an addition to his song, like that bass, the like, like that real funky bass before, like his, like it's the beginning of his like intro music. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if it, that's always been around because I've always thought it's just been like kind of the main part, you know, but yeah, like, you know, there's sort of like a little funky bass, like a, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'd have to hear it to kind of think about it. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Then there's the part with the, with the horses and the yeah. sunset background and all that. Um, but yeah, uh, no, that yeah, he does have that little like you know sort of just that signature stomp that he yeah. has, and he takes his Arms belt off and starts yeah starts whipping Adam Cole with his belt, which was tight. But the numbers catch up to him. Cole low blows him with his hook, and yeah. uh, eventually Jurassic Express and Christian out to make the save. But Cole ends up leaving with the title, yeah, and then on. Did you watch Rampage? I, I did not know. That's fine. We don't even. But on Rampage, Red Dragon leaves with the tag titles. Yeah. So, so I'm oh, here. I, I, yeah. I was, so I was they ended up. Yeah. Yeah. So they ended up snagging the belts from Jurassic Express. I think that happened on Rampage at yeah. least. Um, so presumably, maybe next week that Cole and Red Dragon will come out with their titles which is yeah you know been done in wrestling before where it, it people has steal the belts but it's always a fun thing yeah and like so what like i would imagine like that causes the powers that be in story to like swoop in and get them back you know yeah like like like, like, like is tony khan gonna get involved and you know like i would imagine some matches may be booked out of this yeah like because red, uh, red dragon hasn't gone 
one-on-one, I guess for lack of a better term, for the tag titles because they were in the three-way at uh, Revolution. And it clearly seems like they're setting up Cole and Hangman, as we talked about last week, is going to be very interesting. Um, You know, do they have Cole lose again? Do they have, you know... Does my prediction come true that Hangman does drop the belt to Cole? I I don't know. I can tell you that this match is probably going to be before Double or Nothing. I know they're doing another Battle of the Belts coming up. Hopefully it's better than the last one because it kind of stunk. But, yeah, we don't need to get too far into it now because I know we'll get closer. But I'm definitely intrigued by what's going to happen when this match happens again. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. And then we get uh, the promo for a bullshit match on <laughs> Rampage, which was Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer. Lance Archer opened the show. It was all right. It had had its flaws, but, you know, just another bullshit match. I always like seeing Archer. Actually, fucking Dustin Rhodes got the W. He rolled him up for a surprise win. Yeah, your boy. Wow. How about that? Like, did Dustin really need that win, though? Well, I guess with Cody gone. <laughs> Yeah, I hope it. I hope it turns into Lance Archer just murdering him at some point. Yeah, but yeah, that would. Make anywho, sense. yeah, all I had in my note here was bullshit match promo for Rampage, and then we get into my least favorite part of the show, where we have officially made Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti an oh, on-screen yeah. real-life couple. Like, do we, we all we all know? Do we really have to make this a thing on screen? I knew. Based on what had happened last week with the TNT title, we knew this was coming. Well, well, Go well, ahead. The, well, the fact that I guess it was a social media thing, you know, social media phenomenon, like, and, you know, the people hated Sammy for it because he had the whole thing with proposing to his girlfriend just like, what, months before. And then yeah. this happens, likely because he like, you know, I don't know if he like cheated on her while they were technically together or if it was just a clean dump for uh for him but speaking of dumps um you know uh, <laughs> yeah it, I, I like they're, they're they're just very detestable like i think sammy was wearing a shirt that said you're not invited on the breast pocket and uh but i mean you know in, if this is a social media thing if this is a thing that people are aware of i mean i feel like you got to exploit it earn them heel though like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. i put here like they made dan lambert a baby face just like brandy Rhodes did wait, like wait, he's wait, getting wait. cheered because people don't like them yeah, which, like, honestly, I'm cool with that. Like, I'll, I'll be down to start cheering for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And Fuck Daniel. yeah. Well, well, then there's the whole part where um, there's one of the belts, and then, uh, what is it, Sammy's like, hey, Dan, like, me and Ty have done some stuff on that belt. You have no idea what we did with that belt. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but it's just like, like, they just literally, like, laid the belt down and have sex on it. Like well, so th- you probably didn't dude. see this, but Ty had posted a photo like right after that of them like laying naked with the belt covering them. So I think it's supposed to insinuate that either he cummed on the belt or they fucked in the belt. But yeah, this is not babyface stuff. Like, yeah. I, uh, and it's, you know, we don't need to get into it all, but beyond the proposal, like, they had like denied, denied, denied that this was happening and then asked for privacy from the fans. And then all of a sudden they're out there and they're in love, like yeah. at the drop of a hat. And it's just so annoying. I've said it before. I had to unfollow both of them on Instagram. It's just not what I want or need to see. And now that it's spilling onto television, I hope that over time they end up turning heel because it's what we want to see. Yeah. And if Sammy and Ty are being dicks as heels, it'll work for me a little bit. But not one fiber of my being wants to cheer for them right now. 
Um, and they can go kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but no, it's just a shame because Sammy is a great wrestler and Ty's a damn good wrestler too. Yeah. But it's just not working right now. So hopefully uh, there's a change at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, definitely make them heal. You know, like if they're going to be part of it, yeah, let's just, you know, hate the shit out of them. But that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon as they're going up against Lambert and then the new Paige Van Zant, who we saw kind of get involved last week. Um, you know, they're clearly heels, so yeah, maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll get one of the famed double turns out of this. Who Ooh, knows? Yeah, no, that could be fun. And then we have a kind of a dud match. <laughs> I hate to say it, but Layla Hirsch defeats Red Velvet in six minutes 30 seconds, which we just saw on Rampage which, last week. Which Red anyway. Velvet's record, too, whenever it showed her when she entered, like it was like 82 and 57. <laughs> You know, like that's like a true, like, I feel like very like upper tier jobber, you know, because yeah. it's just like, obviously that, that, you know, win loss total was pad, pad, uh, padded by like dark and elevation. Win. Oh, absolutely. But like her TV record has got to be like two and 45 or something. He's like a that. graduate of jobber. High. What was What do we call it? Jobber high. Was oh, yeah. What it was? Well, no, now she's going back and she's the guidance counselor for it. You know, <laughs> like she's like, she's straight back there. <laughs> And varsity blondes are fucking janitors. (laughs) Oh, that was mean. Uh, But, yeah, this match had just happened on Rampage. There's no – the story is not compelling. Statlander's involved. She's got our new look, which I like. She's got a new look that we talked about last week. Layla cheats to win. Statlander comes down and beats her up. Like, we've been seeing this shit. You know, Layla and Statlander had the match on the buy-in for Revolution. They had a match previous, but like the story, there's no story. No, it's just pointless. No, so it is. Yeah, I, like it's always like when stuff is going well for the women's division, then they fuck something up or yeah. something not compelling has happened. Like yeah. they just can't get it all to click at the same time. Like oh, the pieces yeah. are there. Yeah, but it's just not. It doesn't all click at, at all times. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There's always kind of some sort of lackluster part of it. And, uh, you know, especially like even now with, I guess, is, is Thunder Rosa after this? Yes. Yeah. And I thought, I th- once again, I think this is a, a, you know, the exact same way like Brit started off her reign. Yep. You know? Bad night for the women here, for oh, sure. Yeah, for like sure, in terms yeah. of how much they were on the show and what was actually happening. So mm-hmm. we had, after that match, we had a very quick promo from Jade and Smart Mark Sterling, just okay. basically saying she needs a party when she's 30 and 0 and tells Tony to cut the shit. And then, yes, we have Thunder Rosa come out for an interview, and she's supposed to talk about winning the title. She's still in Texas. And within seconds, excuse me, yeah. Vicky Guerrero comes out, doesn't even let her get a word in, starts talking about how she's a fake Texan and all this dumb bullshit, and you know what's going to happen. Like you said, just like it happened with Britt Baker, Nyla Rose comes out to attack to be the first yeah. chance. It's like that's her role is the first challenger she, for she, the new is, women's I, champ. I wrote down she is the glass Joe of the women's division. You know, glass, <laughs> Is that a punch out? Yeah, always yeah. the first opponent in punch out. Yeah. Glass, glass Joe. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. She is the glass show of the AEW women's division. Yeah, and like these characters really like d- d- don't really have any relationship. It's just like in Mortal Kombat, you know, where like, you know, like you would whenever you would fight, you would go to scroll down the list of people you'd fight, like Shao Kahn's at the top. Yes. And you yep. just go up and like not, you know, like that's what it feels <laughs> like. It's just like you know, no one she has history with. 
And I mean, you know, at least with Brit, they had that big cheeseburger fucking moment. With Rose. <laughs> My God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> that know, was like, so funny. Since Thunder Rosa's a face, it's not, there's not going to be any of that. Oh know. man, the plat, the cheeseburger platter. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh Christ. Um, yeah, let's get Cheetah and uh, fucking Serena D back out here because that's a oh, women's yeah. feud I care about and has been very great and compelling in the matches of rule. Yeah. Enough Layla Hurt. And uh, I'm not trying, I'm not discounting the performers. I've said a lot. I like Layla Hirsch. I like Chris Statlander. Red Velvet's totally fine. But whatever's going on between the three of them is just not working. I like that Statlander has had her character change, look change. But this is just kind of going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, this is spinning its wheels. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, where's Ruby Soho at? Yeah, second week. I think you brought her up last week. Yeah, Yeah, she hasn't been on TV in quite a while. I know. Is she hurt or something? She's done some indies. So, like, a lot of these wrestlers, their contracts allow them to still work the indies. So, I know Uh she's been doing that some. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, Where's she been? Let's get her out there. She's definitely one of the better women on the roster. But, yeah. Anywho, um, so we get to our main event in which the Jazz featuring Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia with Angelo Parker, Jake Hager, and Matt Menard defeat the Dark Order of Alex Reynolds and John Silver with Alan Angels and 10, which let's just get right to it. That had one of your favorite spots, Chris Jericho outside is very early. What did he do? He kicked the steps and went (laughs) down and was. Yeah, yeah, he kicked the steps. He's mad. I don't know what he was mad about, but it just, it reminded me of some like Bobby Knight would do just like mad. Sick and tired of being eight and 10. Sick and tired of losing to Purdue. Bonk. Have you ever seen the one, never showed you the one where he's doing his coach's show where like they ask him like a question and like, you know, this is an outtake from it. And he loses it. Yeah. He like takes the trash can and throws like a lapel mic down. Like that probably cost hundreds. Of I think dollars. we watched that yeah. a lot, like right after we first started the show. But it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just out of nowhere. You know, it's like just <laughs> like a pretty normal question. Yeah, he just yeah. fucking snaps. Yeah, and, and it's like he he was normal at the beginning. He just I I answered himself into that. Like he got himself to that point. He worked. Let's pop that on before we finish this bad boy up. But uh, so Jericho does the classic heel move, kicking the steps. He goes down, he's grabbing his knee or whatever and acting like pointing at five and ten saying they did it. (laughs) And then fucking Aubrey Edwards chucks him out. (laughs) Jericho gets what he wants. Yeah. Um, Like like, like this match, you know, kind of was pretty kind of like stagnant and choppy until like Silver got his hot tag, I thought. You know, that, was kind of, that was kind of when, like, any sort of flow was... They had a couple fun team moves in the very beginning. Like, I remember yeah, yeah. Um, Reynolds, like, threw one of the guys... Threw Garcia up into Silver, like, doing an uppercut, which was very cool. But I agree. Like, in all these Reynolds and Silver matches, or just Silver, like, the guy can dial it up in a way that very few can. And he's so small and compact, but, like... 
the way he does these, I just call it the flurry of moves, just like a million moves to all, you know, he hit all three people on the jazz on the ropes, Jericho, Garcia, like he's just a fucking whirlwind. Yeah, he, he did a crazy move on Hager, which has to be, and Hager's got to be like a foot taller than him. Yeah, you know? for real. Yeah, like, 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 you know, like locked his legs around his head. It was like an up, upside oh, yeah. down. Oh, yeah. Silver was upside down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was pretty impressed by that, that, you know, he could like, you know, actually reach his head. Cause like, yeah. yeah, Hager's like, wait, like, you know, cause Silver's what, like five, 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 six. I would and, say, yeah, five, seven, eight tops. Yeah, like, yeah. he might list him at like five, eight, but he's and, probably more like a five, six. So. Hager's what, like six, four, six, five, you know, like, yeah, I'd say pretty, that's pretty right. damn tall. So, yeah, you know, that was, that was impressive. You know, yeah, um, yeah, just silver can do that. Like, very, I mean, there's so many people like Nick Jackson. Yeah, there's so many that are good at it, but he's just got his own way of doing it. And just because he is so small and like a bowling ball, it's bowling just ball, so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's just so cool to see. And we love yeah. the guy. So he eventually gets hit with a code breaker by Jericho for a two count. Um, as, as Silver then kind of goes off again. And then I think Hager ends up catching him and like power slamming him. And then Reynolds gets hit by the bat. And then Garcia locks in. I think it was a sharpshooter to tap out. Mm-hmm. Jazz celebrates. Um, you know, very, very fine main event, nothing special, you know, nothing amazing, but always good to see the Dark Order boys in there. Yeah, uh, it was cool to see Jericho and Garcia teaming together for the first time. Uh, but yeah, I'm all for the Jazz and can't wait to see what kind of storylines they get mixed up. We didn't mention earlier yeah. in the promo that they had brought up how Eddie Kingston and uh Santana and Ortiz weren't there. But clearly, they're coming back. And I think yeah. I mentioned last week how that could be a stadium stampede match if they want yeah. to go that route for double or nothing. But Has Eddie Kingston ever been in a stadium stampede match? No. I, think he, I think he'd be great in one. Yeah, you know, and like it would be Santana and Ortiz's third, but on the first on the other side of Jericho, which would be very interesting. Yeah, and, and then who else could they enlist? You know, I think uh, the rumor was Sting and Darby. Darby, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that would maybe be the, the other... Hardy Boys. I don't, but yeah, there's a lot of time to get there if it even happens. But regardless, I'm very intrigued by all jazz operations and looking forward to Kingston and Ortiz and Santana coming back because it's going to be tight. Tight, cool. 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 So, uh, yeah, we typically don't end with dynamite. Uh, Anything burn your ass this week? Oh, Lord. That burned my ass because that was surprising. I had forgotten about that. Oh, oh, um, oh, I I literally think I watched the worst of anything I've ever seen out of Star Trek this week on Star Trek Picard. Oh, that means next week we might have to have this. Or should we just go into an impromptu Star Trek and Zwan report right now? Let go. (laughs) All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Star Trek and Swan Report. Take it away. Here we go. So um, (laughs) in Star Trek The Next Generation, there's a character named Guinan who is played by Whoopi Goldberg. She is the ship. She is the bartender on the Starship Enterprise. And she's part of this race. I forget what they're called, but they're like they have really long lifespans and they're like a race of like listeners where like they're basically like space therapists. You know, they're just always in positions like among other races, like you know, just listening to people, you know, hmm. they're just like sort of therapeutic to have around, you know, hence why sure. she's the bartender. Um, 
So Whoopi Goldberg makes an appearance in the first episode. Um, Star Trek Picard season two is like Star Trek four, where they travel back to the present day to do something to fix the the, the future. You know, in okay. Star Trek four, which is fun, they literally have to bring back humpback whales. To the oh, movie. yeah. Yeah. Which it's a really fun fish out of water movie. Um, and literally. Really, and really fun is just not in the DNA of this writing team. But anyway, so like <laughs> Guinan's this like very calm character and also like it was shown in episodes of next generation that Guinan can tell alterations in the timeline. And the whole reason okay. they've gone back in time was to fix an altered timeline, you know, cause like someone fucked with the timeline and now it became a evil nightmare future that they got to go back and fix. So they're back in like the present day and Picard decides to go see Guinan. He like finds out that Guinan is on earth. Um, and he walks into her bar and it's played by this younger actor and she pulls like a shotgun out on him. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> like, like, like it, like it just really like that just goes to represent just how far like that shit has fallen. Like, like that this character who was like this, like therapist bartender person was just, just would pull a shotgun Pulling shotguns. Yeah. 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 And not only that, like they made it so that she was unaware of who Captain Picard is. And there's a famous two-parter where they go in the next generation, where they go back to the 1800s and meet like Mark Twain and shit. And Guinan mm -hmm. is there. Like she, like, like they established that she's on earth, even in the 1800s. And she meets Captain Picard and she just doesn't know who he is. <laughs> this <laughs> one. Like, 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 it's just like, not only were they out of character, but the writers didn't even do their most basic homework. Like, it's just uh, like, oh boy, I, I, I was repulsed. Um, like, 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 I was legitimately mad. Like, I've never watched Star Trek before, and have been made like mad before. <laughs> it sucked. I love it. Well, you got anything on Zwan? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, you were unprepared for this, but we've been talking about it. Let's see. Uh, the 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 members of Zwan are Billy Corgan, Matt Sweeney, Jimmy Chamberlain, Dave Pajo or Pajo. And Paz Lynchanton. Well, so one, isn't it Billy Cardigan? Oh, Cardigan, yeah, yeah. And two, are they an are they currently an active band? No, Zwan has been oh. inactive since two thousand three. Oh, okay, good. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that's your Star Trek and Zwan report. Thank you very much. Uh, well, hey, this has been fun. Classic old school episode. Uh, we might do some WrestleMania stuff next week. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We may have more guests. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But yeah, this was fun. You got anything else, buddy? Nuh-uh. I, 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 I got it all out. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> yeah. There you go.